I am ready if you are. Yeah, hold on. drinking water <laughs> yeah i'm gilda and i'm steph and you are listening to saturday night high the podcast where we get stoned and talk about saturday night live yes and tonight we're talking about season one episode 15 which aired on february 28th 1976 the, the host was jill clayberg and the musical guest was leon redbone Yes, and there was also a special appearance by the acapella group, the Idlers, and I believe they were the Coast Guard acapella group. Yes, they are. And I'm doing the thing where I have all of my stuff already pulled up. So, (laughs) yeah, so yeah, it was, um, it was, oh, and Leon Redbone, he's a singer-songwriter who specializes in jazz, blues, and I guess he's kind of like a vaudeville performer, but not vaudeville. He's now, or not now, then. He's not alive anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so From the grave, vaudeville. <laughs> so yeah, this episode was something. I don't know what this was, but I... I came out of it feeling a little bit weird um yeah <laughs> start off weird it just got weirder yeah there was really no theme other than weird yeah i don't and the, it was it was oh so i'm just gonna go on ahead and start talking about the cold open which puts you in what the fuck lauren's yeah. office <laughs> he's talking to a young woman and Chevy Chase bursts in and he says he doesn't want to do the fall this week. He's sick of it. The people are sick of it. And Lauren's like, no, no, the people love it. They want to tune in. They want to see you falling. Look, I got a letter right here. Can I see the letter? No. He just like shoves it in his desk. He then like Chevy Chase proceeds to like go back to the studio, tripping and falling and jumping over people the entire way. Yeah. Like all through the audience. It was crazy. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, uh, I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been upset if he decided to climb over me. But like you know, it was just not what I was expecting. And then he gets to the stage and is like, "No, I'm not doing this," and then proceeds to do the same thing all the way back to Lauren's office. And yeah, he's just like, "Oh, I'm not gonna do it." And then he, but he like he does. He he falls. Um, <laughs> and that's that's the whole thing. And then we see. Uh, the host, Joel Clayberg, talk about her week talking to Don Pardo. <laughs> so, well, and so I understand Don Pardo, yes, he was a very well-known announcer. He had a very distinct voice and it was kind of a joke about, yes, how he announces houses and cars and like things on Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy and The Price is Right. But I, it was, it was more like, a sketch about Don Pardo than it was anything to do with Jill Clayburn. J- Jill Clayburg. Yeah, no, it, it, it was just him talking about all that shit. And that was that was really her whole yeah. monologue. Uh, she's also Jill Clayburg is is it Lily Rabe? Lily Rob? R-A-B-E? Do you know who that is? I don't. Okay, well she's a really pretty actress. Um she was she's been in a ton of the American horror stories. 
Um, she was in Vice. I think she played Liz Cheney. Let me see. Oh, actually, I don't know if I know her face. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm excited. I've never seen American Horror Story. Oh, shit. The first few seasons are good. I did see this movie. She was in in 2010. Well, there you go. <laughs> but, it wasn't about her, so there you go. Yeah. And also, um, Jill Clayberg, she was in Bridesmaids. She played one of the mothers. And yeah, so oh. j- just putting it out there for where people might know her from. I have a robe like the one she wore. It, it was kind of cool. I was like, okay, go off. So yeah, uh, I thought it was going to turn into a creepy date sketch, but... It then just ended really abruptly and went into the first of three really disturbing sketches tonight. And I, when I saw the title card and saw that it was a moment from her story or her story, a play on history, I was like, oh, no. Great moments in her story. Yeah. I, oh God. But like it has the potential to be something kind of good. Right. But you know, like what? Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I had a vibe about this show from the fucking cold open and this just kept rolling. It was just yeah. So we go back to Vienna in 1909 or 18 when the fuck ever, Vienna of olden times. <laughs> and Freudian times. <laughs> Um, Lorraine Newman comes in. She's playing uh, Freud's daughter. And Dan Aykroyd is portraying Freud. And Dan Aykroyd asks her, she sits on his lap and says that she had the weirdest dream. And I was like, okay, I don't know where this is going. Well, I had a, I, ha- I, I, I knew where it was going. I just hoped it wouldn't be as bad as it was going to be. And it was. Yeah. It is Freud's daughter talking about how she had a dream where she was in bed and all of her male, all of her male brothers and cousins were there and he was there or a man that looked just like Papa was there too. And they were all trying to offer her bananas, but the only banana she wanted was her father's and then the dream, the dream turned into a train and a tunnel. And I wrote down okay this is fucked. And while all of this is going on, Dan Aykroyd is having like a very visible physical reaction to audible. Yeah, it was so fucking disturbing. You're basically he was getting the fuck off to. Yeah, yeah, it was so fucking bad. And then just like, oh, like cherry on top of that whole sketch is at the end. He's like please don't mention this to mama. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I, my jaw was just open. And I, tur- I turned to when I watched that and I was like, I know you're working, but I just think I saw the worst thing that I've ever seen on Saturday Night Live. And he's like, okay, well now, now I have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like German accents, the whole, oh, just the whole thing. I was like, yeah. Um, so then we went into a very long sketch 
And it was about this character who was a guidance counselor. Her name was Jill Carson and it's uh, Jill Clayberg. And she's uh, she's just a, you know, a very sweet high school guidance counselor. And the studio, uh, this student, John Belushi comes in, his name is Julio and she's talking to him and apparently he's been like really fucking misbehaving and she wants him to go to med school which is just definitely not in the picture for this kid um (laughs) and yeah she just cites people in history who like were able to become their best selves because like guidance yeah guidance and their guidance counselors which i'm sorry guidance counselors definitely were not a thing back with thomas edison and all that bullshit so it's like yeah i don't think so um some of the examples of what john belushi was getting up to uh he was smoking when he came into the guidance counselor's office he apparently set fire to the remedial reading class and his math teacher caught him carving his initials into the teacher's neck which it's like yeah he caught you doing that huh yeah just really weird one of the things that she said was like walt disney but then she gave like a totally incorrect information i was kind of pissed i was like damn like here i am with my trivia and they don't even have the like decency to put actual facts in their sketches about walt disney (laughs) and then it cuts to like a second part of the scene, which is uh, at John Belushi's home where his parents, Gilda Radner and Garrett Morris are like in this tiny little apartment that is absolutely filthy. And Gilda's hanging up all the wife beaters from adult size to women or men's sizes to women's sizes to children's sizes. And Chill uh, Clayberg walks in. She's like, oh, it's so, oh, what'd she say? So squalid or something or so yeah, I can't remember what she said, but it was just like, lady, it was like, the fuck? Yeah, it was just a lot. And Gilda was pregnant and you could hear a baby crying in the background. And when the guidance counselor says that she's here for Julio, they're genuinely like, um, we're Trulio because I guess they have multiple children named Julio. Yeah, the joke was that they were too poor to afford different names. And it's like, oh my God. Um, yeah, Jill Clayberg just tries to really convince his parents that Julio is, he, he's a good egg. And Garrett Morris is like, that kid is no good. Mm-mm. And just like straight up throwing his kid to the wolves. And she's like, well, do you know where, where Julio is? And they're like, ah, down by the schoolyard. And I was like, hey, God damn it. Paul Simon jokes. <laughs> I actually didn't even catch that. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. And so it was just like, God damn it. Like, is that why, is that why they were named Julio? I swear to God, because I feel like that, yeah, anyway. Probably the only thing, well, actually maybe that, and also Sunway Gilda could do that like accent for that character that she was doing. Yeah. Um, there were so many racist accents this week. It was like, they were just like, all right, let's make the, that, that's a theme, racist accents. I should also probably try to refrain from slapping the desk but you know (laughs) um but yeah it was just like it was such a long sketch and it wasn't even funny so I was not even done yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it goes back to the school where they're in the basement and 
Chevy Chase is the football musical director and Dan Aykroyd is the football player who opera sings as he's running down the field and Julio starts to like, he wants to rob them for money. And Dan Aykroyd is like, okay, but no. And he gets shot. And then Julio goes after Dan Aykroyd's shoes and he's like, Chevy Chase is like, he gave you the money. What the fuck? And he didn't say what the fuck, but um, he, he was literally taking the pennies out of Dan Aykroyd's penny loafers. It was like, what the fuck is going on? It was like a nine minute sketch. I Something like that today would be fucking unheard of. So yeah, he then kills, uh, Jill, Jill Clayburgh shows up and proceeds to get shot. Yeah, it, it was just kind of crazy um, because then Chevy Chase's character, he tells uh, Julio not to worry about her because last night she found out she has cancer. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, the whole sketch was just not, I, like, why did they decide to do this? Why did they commit so much time like did they just have genuinely nothing else it was just so bad it was so bad the only thing that was funny was the fact that they went to a school called memorial question mark i don't know but i'm a giggle okay yeah so the the high school in question was the jimmy hoffa memorial question mark high school because jimmy hoffa was a union leader and a teamster and he was kind of in with the mafia um if so do you remember all the hullabaloo last year around Martin Scorsese's The Irishman? Yeah. Have you seen it? God, no. Don't. <laughs> it was so fucking long. If it had been like a little more than half the length, it would have been a good movie. I'm sure. <laughs> but it was so, it literally took us three and a half nights to watch the fucking thing. Like, it was too much. But anyway, it basically dealt with Jimmy Hoffa and the Mafia, and Jimmy Hoffa went missing, and the Mafia was like, we don't know where he is, and he's never been found. He just disappeared one day. He, he, he was killed. Oh, fuck. But anyway, yes, the Jimmy Hoffa memorial? Because it's like, is it really a memorial? He was kind of an adjacent mobster, but eh. I see. So that was that joke. And you can blame my Italianness for knowing that. Yeah, so that was just nine minutes or whatever the fuck. That was just too long. Too long. Too fucking long. And then we went into Leon Redbone's first musical performance, which was Ain't Misbehaving. It was very sweet. I really liked it. I His voice is so deep and smooth and yeah. I liked how simple it was, just yeah. like the spotlight in him. Yeah. And then we had like two minutes of Garrett Morris talking to the audience or to the viewers of Saturday Night Live. And he was talking to white people about the mistreatment of blacks. And he was saying his great great grandmother was brought over on a slave ship and his grandfather was lynched for tipping his hat or not tipping his hat to a white woman. And 
I was like, holy Jesus, like, what the fuck? But he said that if you feel bad about any of these things that have happened, you can send money, cash or checks, to the White Guilt Relief Fund, care of Garrett Morris. And I was like, oh my God, this is so terrible. But it was funny because then he's like, and if you do this X amount or if you donate a certain amount, you will get a hand scroll that you're a certified uh, you're a certified black person by a certain few black people. And it was Don Pardo announced and something to the effect of like, I think Garrett Morris asked him or he said, Don Pardo donated money. And Don Pardo was like, well, yes, I did. And I felt a lot better after I did it. It was just like, it was really, it was a really well done take on like a reparations joke. I thought it was, I thought it was, and I thought it was also a nice, change of the please send your weed i thought it was i thought it was kind of a witty jab at that it was and yeah a a good like reparations joke and like yeah i was actually just like thinking how come we never see get morris talk in this show and boom there you go he's talking in the show and it was funny and i liked it um but then I, also, I loved when he yeah because it was it was a rolled up piece of yellow legal paper. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we really haven't cracked it up. Um, then we had another great moments in her story. Um, this one was in France and it was like 1927 and there were dancers. Okay, so this had to do with Isadora Duncan. And she was an American dancer and she became very famous in Europe. And she, she danced in Europe and Russia um, from 22 until her death when she was 50. Um, her scarf got entangled in the wheels and axle of the car that she was riding in and it choked her, yanked her out of the car and broke her neck. And um, so this sketch decided to make fun of that. And she is sitting there with her friend, Gilda Radner, and uh, she's saying, which scarf should I wear? Should I wear this little one that goes like this? Should I wear this long one? It's like this fucking nine foot long scarf. And yeah, uh, the <sighs> she refused to wear anything but a scarf. They wanted her to wear a cape and then she was killed minutes later. So yeah, that was this awesome moment in female history. Not great. And when this happened, I was like, God damn it. So it's uh, it's going to be a recurring bit now, isn't it? <laughs> right, right. It was like, motherfucker. Because once I saw the second cue card, you know it's not going to be, you know they're not going to have a fucking U-turn and just suddenly start doing positive shit about women halfway through the show. Like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, And then we went into Weekend Update, um, which, you know, same shit, different week. Uh, (laughs) I don't even know. It was talking, it was like putting ice in your mouth and I don't fucking even know. that I wouldn't even bother doing like <laughs> no no it's like sex tips from the 70s where it's like put ice ice cubes in your mouth and then you mess around and then you drink warm water and then it's like it's like I'm sorry like we have evolved beyond this oh my God. like I'm sorry I'm not I'm not yeah anyway I'm not going there <laughs> yeah I thought the 
um, Ford narrowly beating Reagan in New Hampshire. And then uh, Chevy Chase starts talking about the uh, Democratic primary and he was talking about Georgia Governor Jimmy Carter, but that actually is not easy to say. And he actually had a little verbal fuck up and people laughed and he kind of looked up. It was like, hey, and he laughed and then tried to say it again and fucked up and they laughed again and he's just like all right like fuck it georgia governor jay was yeah it was so cute I, I, it was just it like was. exactly what i want to see when i'm watching saturday night live is just a cute yeah. little fuck up moment like that like he yeah. did it well he really did he's ve- he's ve- yeah he's very good at the cute dickish so yeah, there was a racist joke about Nixon and China and how they named a dish after him, sweet and sour dick. Um, there was another Patty Hearst sketch. It was with live drawing, which was kind of funny. I don't know. Um, it was just the same like sketches from before, basically drawing on top of them. Um, They did something about a toy doll with anatomically correct uh-huh. design. Um, so, yeah, again, I know about this too. So, like, this is something that my father joked about. He loved the show All in the Family. <sighs> and this, I know, it's so fucking bad, but this doll came out in 76. It was his. It was Archie Bunker's grandson, and he, the doll actually has a dick. And so they made a joke. It was a, it was a white slash black dick joke. It was a size joke. And I was like, wow, they really went there, saying that the doll was going to be offered in both races. But due to the black doll being anatomically correct, one doll was $10 and the other was 28 And it's like, okay. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I couldn't believe I had to see that. I, I, I need to get your reaction on this. So I'm going to flip this around and let me know if you can see it. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Ew. I just, oh my God, the worst thing happened today. I was checking this. I mean, you probably saw my post about, I was checking this kid's like diaper, like just like picking it up to like, just see what the situation was going to be, you know? And I had Uh never checked this kid's diaper before in my life. And he's like four (gasps) months old and it was just liquid shit is what it was. And it was literally falling out of the diaper. And so it got onto my finger, my bare ass finger. And then I had like changed this kid's whole outfit. Like I just met this kid 10 minutes before this and I'm like changing his outfit because he has poop on himself. I'm like, fuck. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that is... uh... That's an unfortunate day. Gerald Ford, he said, we'll be right back to talk about Gerald Ford taking the flying lesson. It was a picture of a crashed plane. Yeah, they did um, Emily Lantella talking about the Supreme Court's recent decision on the death penalty, um, which was kind of crazy seeing her talk about this when like right now the death penalty is up. Hot topic. Um, <laughs> but 
it was kind of interesting to see her spice up a little bit at the end because usually she goes like oh that's actually good but she was like oh that's very different like, yeah no kidding sis yeah <laughs> She was, I, I thought it was funny in that she was, you know, she's like, and you know, why, why is there going to be a penalty? I don't have the best hearing. You're going to penalize me and start screaming. And it was, she's going crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was like, it, yeah, it was fresh. It was something different to the character. So it was like, oh, okay. If she's going to keep building on it, that's fine. Yeah. And then we had the idlers and they were just singing sea songs. Yeah, it was um, kind of weird because they had a, a list of people who were um, less smart than dolphins, I guess is what it was. And I, it was a long list, like really long. I think I recognized maybe four. Okay. And one of them was the whole state of New Hampshire, so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, uh, there was Sybil Shepherd, Prince Charles, George Foreman, a cheese blender. I thought the Warren Commission was funny. Those are the people that were tasked with investigating the death of JFK. Oh, shit, I didn't see that one. I would have recognized that. Yeah, Neil Young, the FBI, the CIA. And then, okay, so it went from like a serious performance with a haha joke list to Jill Clayburgh coming out and singing Sea Cruise? Yeah, it was, it was just a whole performance the whole time. I don't know. It was a very strange thing to see. And also, why are they working with this U.S. Coast Guard Academy acapella group? Like, what kind of connection is that? Yeah, well, and we do know that SNL in Live from New York, they talk about, um, I can't remember who talked about it, but the cast of SNL at that point did a bunch of commercials for the U.S. Army and they were paid a fuck ton of money and no one's really ever talked about it or seen them. So I don't know. But I mean, like, it would have been, if it was just a performance, it would have been nice. I would have been like, cool, the Coast Guard has an acapella group. That was pleasant, weird, but pleasant. Like, don't know why it's here, but it was just like, they put two different spins on it and it, it just, less is more. Yeah, they should have just had the acapella group on no frills, or I don't know, like just having it be the the list of people, and then also Joe Clayberg singing. It was a lot, all over the place. The next sketch was an ad for something called Car Yummies, which is like it's like a cheese it for a car, basically. Um, and they were kind of onto that. I mean. I fucking love cheese, cheesy crackers, crackers that taste like cheese, you know? Uh, uh, so I, I got the, the appeal. Um, yeah. Dan Aykroyd was doing the little bit about the little, his little spiel about these these car yummies. And Garrett Morris was in the background saying that trucks also like them um, and that you get good mileage when you give it to them. It was, I mean, gull oil was a thing. It was gull petroleum, but like gull oil, gullible. I thought that was maybe a play. I, I, I don't know. Um, the next thing was my actual fucking favorite thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This was the, I don't know, the secret meadow of goodness within the hellscape that has been this episode. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> starts off and there's who was talking I, I didn't write it down but it was Jill Clayberg. She introduced, she said, the Muppets can't be here tonight. They're in LA for the Grammys, but a cast member has stepped up to, you know, do, do his own. Yeah. Which, first of all, cute that they said they were away at the Grammys. Second of all, oh my God, they're going to be back. I thought they were gone forever. This is the best news I've gotten in a while. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so the SNL cast member, you see their hands and one of the hands has like a ring and a fancy sleeve and the other hand has like a nice jacket and a watch um and it was the most absurd little uh script that these two characters had between themselves these little hand puppets um he delivered her milk and she couldn't pay for it and her husband was away so she was like oh how will i pay for it and then it turns into a sex scene and she's fucking taking off his watch. And at this point, I'm like, like, it was so fucking funny, just the visual of that. But then yeah. that's when they sort of cut to who the person is whose hands were watching and it's Chevy Chase. Yeah. Um, it was so the, um, I thought the hands looking like Chevy Chase had like they he had his hands turned to look at the camera like a Muppet different... would yeah yes and oh my god I thought it was I thought that was amazing and I thought the sudden cut and it just shows him playing around with his hands and he's just like having the best time it was fun <laughs> and you see like the sleeve that he had on yeah. for the girl oh it was it was great <laughs> then we had another Gary Weiss film although Chevy Chase did introduce it while coming out from this whole thing which is kind of cool um yeah. nice little transition but it was a weird thing it was like the guy with the cat except it was a guy with his dog i thought it was funny that he had to spell park p-a-r-k that was kind of cute we have to do the same thing i shit you um. not <laughs> and because when little ones realize what you're saying they're like ah they know what the sound means even if they don't know what the word means they know what comes next this dog was losing his damn mind yeah it was a cute dog actually like like a good what was that black lab i don't know i i don't know it was cute good looking dog but in the end all of a sudden they cut to they're no longer in the studio with the dog and the photographer and they're in front of the world trade center and the guy turns to Gary Weiss and he's like, uh, should I say something? He's like, yeah. And he says, this is the World Trade Center. And the audience laughed. And then that was the end of it. And I was like, what the fuck? Did I just watch? Yeah. It was so, it was so weird. Like at least the one last week, the guy was getting, getting his cat stoned. Like th this one was just bizarre. Yeah. And he was in the audience. Yeah. Which I actually, I thought that was cute. He and the dog. The dog. Were in the That's really the cutest thing yeah. ever. And then we had a bit where I was like, okay, this is weird. Jill Clayberg calls four people up on stage. And it's like, all right, I don't know if this is planned or not. Like, I know they have audience plants now. I don't know. It didn't seem like it, but 
she says, okay, you're going to stand boy, girl, boy, girl, and, or girl, boy, girl, boy, and you're going to leave a gap here. And ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andy Kaufman, and the place kind of loses their shit because that's kind of a big deal. That's like a surprise drop-in guest. So Andy Kaufman then starts playing the audio track to a version of Old MacDonald's as in Head a Farm. And he said his part and then had the other, had the first girl come up and say her part. And like, it was, it was like a chain song, but lip syncing and everyone, he was the only one that knew the exact words and everyone else just kind of had to learn on the fly. So it was kind of like a piece of weird performance art in that like, it was people literally doing something, but yeah, it was, I, I, I was laughing. I was like, what the fuck is this? This is so weird, but I actually really liked it. Yeah, it was really campy. I like, like, watching the audience members get a little flustered, trying to participate in something that's just so fun. This seriously looks like something that you would see in Disney World, is what I was thinking as I was watching this. I was like, oh my god, is this something that I did in Disney World? Like, <laughs> uh, and the, the voices in that old McDonald CD, whatever that was, uh, probably not a CD. What the fuck? <laughs> Why did I say CD? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they existed at that point. I think it, it was, was vinyl, weird, baby. Like, middle. I was like vinyl and tape. <laughs> I was like, it's not what it is today, but it's not what it was way, way, way back then. <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, the voices were really distinctive, and it made for cute lip syncing. Yeah. Um, the next sketch was a date night between Jill Clayburgh and Chevy Chase and this woman it was like okay this woman is thirsty and the guy was lame and she's like what are you thinking about and he's like well I don't know and just kind of giving these really evasive answers and it's like really that that sucks and then it actually turns kind of cute because he's like listing things she does and he's like oh and you comb your hair in a really cute way and the way you can't stand it when the rugs get all wrinkled and she's like you like that he's like yeah I think that's cute he's like what are you thinking about she says warthogs and it's like what the fuck cut to warthog footage yeah which okay it was Uba, good cool yeah I think they looped it though. Did you notice that? I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is not that long of a clip of warthogs. They can't fool yeah, me. No. But yeah, then we had the next musical performance by Leon Redbone. Um, yeah, he performed Big Time Woman. And this time he had a friend out there with him playing the tuba. And it was it was an interesting performance. It's not my thing, but it was good. He was doing it. Yeah, it was cute. Don't know what he was doing, but he was doing it. Another great moment in her story. Um, Indira Gandhi, that was her father. Uh, Prime Minister Nehru of India, that um, was her father. And she, Indira Gandhi, she's the first and only female Prime Minister of India. Actually, no relation to Gandhi. Just No way. Yeah. So she, um, she was not a well-liked person. She was not a well-liked leader. Um, she started a war with Pakistan. 
Um, she instituted like a two-year state of emergency where civil liberties were suspended and the press was censored. Atrocities were carried out during that. She returned to power in 80, free and fair elections, quote unquote. And um, yeah, I believe she was assassinated. Whoa. She was assassinated in 84. Yep. So this sketch was saying that she was she knocked over her cousin or her brother she said oh he hit me and her father's like what happened and she's like well i wanted his gun so i hit him and he fought back and so i hit him again and tried to take his gun and he pushed me to the ground and then lorraine newman who is portraying indira gandhi and her father who's being portrayed by john belushi and we'll get to the whole problematic part of this in a second i just want to get the description out first because you know before yeah so she basically just starts raging and saying that she's going to be so violent when she grows up and can't wait to basically become a dictator and yeah it was she threw a tantrum and both of these people of indian descent i, I don't know anyway they were being portrayed by white people yeah okay yeah east Asia, that works um they were being portrayed by white people in a really fucked up way yeah it was just racist caricature nonsense I didn't really love to see it no and there were jokes about looks and yeah it was oh my god anyway yeah that was thank god the third and final all I wrote down for it was already don't like it and I wrote that down when I saw the cue card and the only other thing I wrote down was nope yeah it just was not great and then the next thing was uh fucked up really weird but apparently something that like is a thing because it was noted in like the description for the episode for me i yeah so it was a home movie and it was like a holiday claymation and there's this character mr bill and then the set his set his friends are a set of hands and the hands make his dog and he's like oh your dog is here and the guy talks with the dog for a little bit and then the hands grab it and squish it and I was like what the fuck this is fucked and then there was like racist characters made out of black clay and I was like wow is this literally like black clay face or clay black face or like what the fuck like this is not good and then I, I, I he the black clay action figure stabs the first clay action figure and then they mr. cut bill. his legs off mr bill yes and they cut his legs off and then they brush his teeth, which is really just gouging a toothbrush into his face. And I was like, what the fuck? Who let Michael O'Donoghue submit a home movie? Like, Dead ass. I was like, is he the person who let this one on? Like, yeah, like honestly, anytime there is something that fucked, I really feel he has a hand in it. Because it was just, it, again, it reeked of him. He's like, guys, guys, look what I got. Yeah, and like the reason that I remembered his name, Mr. Bill, is because they were kind of making it a thing at the end. They had like a they cut to a person wearing a t-shirt that said that Mr. Bill show. And then like they put up the little title title card and I was like, what the hell am I looking at right now? Like Yeah, no, thank you. It, it was just was... torture on a claymation. Yeah. It wasn't I... funny. 
No, I prefer to make happy things with my Play-Doh and then I gently squish them back together and cause them no harm. Um, I prefer to eat my Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the show ended with a lesbian wedding, which, ha-ha, how funny. Like, so confused. The laugh that the line, I now pronounce you wife and wife got, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is a completely different world. And I say that as someone who very vividly remembers the legalization of civil, well, of same-sex marriage in Massachusetts, but I I mean, fuck, it didn't become legal until what, 2015? I feel like 2013. Oh, no. But- Okay, within the past fucking 10 years, it has only become legal across the nation. Like, the fact that this was seen as like, oh, this is a real hilarious way to end the show. Let's put two ladies out there in dresses. Anyway, didn't, I I wrote, haha, I roll. Yeah, and it's just like, why would they choose to end it with that when normally they just end it with everybody standing on the stage together, waving goodnight? Like, what the fuck? This was unprovoked. Right, it was, what was the harm in just letting everybody wave? Like, no let's just get what let's get one more dig in at the lesbians like what the fuck anyway did you have a favorite tonight my favorite was um chubby chase doing the hands puppets same it was so he, he had the man he had the mannerisms of the muppets down like the timing it was really cute it was great. Um, my least favorite was the uh, all of the great moments in her story. I agree with you on that one as well, because holy fucking shit, that was just, oh God. I, I, if, we, if I can find them, I'm definitely going to post at least one of them with like a content warning, because holy shit. Yeah, I mean, the first one was bad, but then when I realized it was going to be a thing, oh. Right, like, okay, who wrote, like, okay, I have a package of three sketches that shit on women. Let's go. Literally. Oh, and the first one was, it was, it was just disturbing. Yeah. That was just straight fucking disturbing. Yeah, uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And, yeah, so, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts uh you can email us at satnighthighpod at gmail and we have a website satnighthighpod.com our username on social media is satnighthighpod night is spelled n-i-t-e on twitter we're also on youtube reddit instagram facebook and yeah you can like subscribe rate and review tell your friends that'd be great Happy highs. Happy highs.